Are you excited about 2019? Welcome to 2019. You excited about it? Do you have big plans? Do you got a lot of dreams? Now that I've figured out how to uh, hook the printer up to my, my scanner, I mean my scanner printer up to my laptop, I am doing uh, Bloody Bobby stuff, scanning the contracts, getting that going, rocking it, socking it. And uh, since I'm in the habit of that, I'm uh, thinking about the idea of um, thinking about the idea of getting those other sketchbooks scanned. I first thought about do, doing them all in order from when I first uh, published them. So I published this, which I call Sketchbook One or Volume One. Volume One, Volume Two, I, I published through Lulu.com. And uh, so now that I'm in the habit and I got the scanner going, now. Uh, since, I've, since I'm in that momentum, I might as well parlay that into, uh, wow, there's a lot of activity going on right now. A lot of bikers, people trying to cross the street, cars pulling out, cars driving past, a median that people are trying to get, get, get through. There's, a, there's a, all, these, all these particular instances that are going on right now. All these particular instances. It's interesting to uh, stop, observe what's going on, and just you know, just to watch, watch it all unfold, just to be a passive uh, uh, observer for a moment, rather than putting in that intention of going, you know, I got to get to where I got to get to. My dad told me that uh, someone told him that one time. They said, you know, what? you you walk like you like you want to get there. I think someone said that to him about his driving too. You drive like you want to get there. And I realized, wow, that's that's a great analogy. Drive like you want to get there. Now, what I realize is uh, something that can be easily overlooked is the appreciation, the gratitude of those moment-to-moment things because you got your mind in the future. You got your mind in, as to where you're heading to. And, you know, when you think about that, when you apply that sort of... That idea of, wow, anything I've put my mind to, like when you think about it, like think about all the things that you've put your mind to, that you were excited about, that you just went just bam, just all in. That would be an interesting thing to, to find out. What prevents us from going all in? In other words, committing to that idea, committing to that inspiration. Where, 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 what's the prevention? Well, the easy answer would be ourselves, being ruled by these phantom statistics, being, being uh, held to some kind of imagined probability. It's weird that, that the idea of something going horribly wrong seems to outweigh the idea of something going extraordinarily awesome. Imagine that. Imagine that. That would be an interesting that that would be an interesting thing to find out. 
all the parents who constantly encourage their kids just to just to follow their dreams and not even you know not even concentrate so to speak on the school aspect but just simply doing it is there a consequence for not taking your kid to school or and and or not homeschooling them is there a consequence You know, is it is it essential for a kid to take that preamble and memorize it, do the Constitution test? Is that hugely important? Is that hugely important? I think it's, you know, it'd be cool to let kids know maybe where this came from. You don't have to add all the wars and stuff. But just that idea of, you know, what prevents that all-in idea. So I think the key is just realizing all those times where you went all-in on something, you were totally excited, and you build up that reservoir of all those ideas, all those examples, that reservoir of knowledge, you build it up in your brain, so then you can easily pull from it when you're in a position where you're particularly questioning whether you can follow through with this ta- particular task or, 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 you know, calling, if you will. And you just have those as examples in your brain. So then you just, you go, oh, okay, well, here's an occasion where, you know, where it worked out. Here's another occasion. Here's another occasion where I was pleasantly surprised. Here's where it didn't go exactly how I expected. But man, all this new, different, fun stuff appeared. And you just... You just keep building that up, moving that momentum forward. I'll be right back. Oh, hills yeah, pops. Oh, hills yeah, pops. Let's do, let's do, let's do this. Oh, hills yeah, pops. Oh, hills yeah, pops. Let's do this. Oh, hills yeah, pops. Let's do, let's do, let's do this. The propaganda and agitation drones of the Miklan Marketing Department have for years uh, led us to believe the notion that Miklan itself has been ingrained into our genetics ever since a very specific moment in our evolution as a species. Primitive human, fatigued from a hungry day of hunting, finally satiated by a belly of delicious, freshly cooked meat product, begins to act a fool. And the rest is history. The Meat Clown Meat Solution. Not the first, won't be the last. But the reality of it is, you can order anytime from www.meatclownbuttons.bigcartel.com. It's Meat Clown approved.
Here's a fun fact for you. Out of 5,000 mixed population, they were asked the question, who is the funniest podcaster? And again, it was me. (laughs) You guys are so funny now. You guys are so funny now. (laughs) So, uh, I went to the nearby market. I was looking for uh, some floss, which they didn't have. However, good news is, on my way back, I have uh, a series of Yachtly Crew postcards which I am now putting into the uh, windshield wiper blades of these cars as fun little surprises for whoever comes out of wherever they're coming out of. They get to uh, see, hey, what the heck is this? What the heck is this all about? Puts a question mark in the brain. I'm more about making questions than giving answers. Oh, by the way, I had an extraordinary talk uh, with uh, for, I think I was telling you the Blue Rose magazine that has been around three years and the guy who's in charge of that he's been in charge he's been putting together a whole bunch of other projects he's just moving and moving and grooving all kinds of book projects all kinds of stuff podcast all kinds of stuff so Scott Ryan talked with him earlier today I think that's about a half, an hour and a half long. So I'm going to um, chop that up into two, two different episodes. And yeah, I'll chop that one up into two different episodes. And uh, of course, be adding the Drone Cinema Film Festival promo in there, which I've been doing on the past episodes. Kim Cascone is the guy who's in charge of that. He he uh, did the assistant music editing for uh, Twin Peaks and Wild at Heart, and that's his festival. It's it's all about put, put putting images to drone music, drone drone sounds. So I want to make sure that's well promoted for any of uh, my fellow Angelinos. Los Angelinos who might want to show up who uh, are also fans of David Lynch the David Lynch soundtracks those soundtracks are just phenomenal and um, you know to, to now know to now be friends I could say we're friends I think it's possible to say we're friends um, we put, we uh, we're always messaging really interesting Facebook messages to each other, interesting uh, information. He's always passing new, new insight onto me, for me to be uh, inspired by, and uh, I'm learning a lot, learning a lot. So yeah, that's the uh, Blue Rose Magazine podcast will be out. He recorded it from his side. I recorded it from my side. So what I'm going to do is, I'm going to give it a like a Lynchian quality to it because I don't know exactly how he got my voice coming through there in a clear fashion you know unless he had some clever way of uh plugging my uh phone into his into his um oh wait how 
Oh, maybe he had... Because he said he recorded it in GarageBand. Maybe, maybe that's what happened. Maybe he used somehow the GarageBand app within his phone and recorded it that way. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Well, I can't wait to hear his version. He said he uh, he sent one uh, that's downloading right now. Once I get that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fuse my side with his side. He, uh, when I talked to him, it was through the speakerphone on my, on my uh, smartphone. So, and then I, I just had that speakerphone on and then I, you know, I just talked. I recorded that in through a blue snowball mic, which then recorded onto Audacity. So that's how that process is going to happen. We're going to fuse it together. Frankenstein. The grandest Frankenstein. It's together. The good Frankenstein together. And don't you forget it. Don't you forget it. I've been watching on Netflix all of the flying circuses. Monty Python. Hello there, Monty Python. Python. Monty Python. Montgomery Python. Hello there. I am Montgomery Python. Montgomery Python. That's a pretty cool name. Montgomery Python. You don't even pronounce like Python. You just pronounce Python. Hi. So check, like, going on to all of those episodes and seeing them all. Unfold. It started with me seeing that documentary last night about Mon- Monty Python. I got uh, maybe about 15 minutes away, you know, about a half an hour of the way through. And it was great because it, it was all them talking about their, how they, you know, went about meeting each other, the schools that they went to, their influences. They were heavily influenced by, uh, I think it was a TV show called The Goons. Or the mooks? No, goons. And uh, Dudley Moore apparently was a part of it. Oh, no. No, no, no. That was something else. Something's fringe on the fringe of something or something on the fringe. That, that was uh, Dudley Moore's sort of theater troupe. And that was an audio, that was an audio play. And then there was the, the, goo, the mooks on, on a... Uh, a TV, TV program, television program, and that influenced him big time. It inspired him. So I've been watching the old flying circuses, and what's interesting is I've never seen the flying circuses. However, I've seen something completely different, that movie, which is funny because on this TV show, they're going, and now for something completely different. What's equally interesting is that I'm seeing some of the skits that are laid out in the, in the first season of this thing, I'm going to do my uh, historical research and find out at what point, at what point uh, Monty Python came out with the movie in relation to the television show, television program. It's really, really interesting. Uh, it'd be interesting to find out which came first. Uh, um, uh, well, heck, there are a few of those movies, right? There was... Uh, Life of Brian, there was uh, Holy Grail, 
something completely different. I want to say there's one more. And uh, so it would be interesting to find out, okay, did they do the first season, and then bam, they did a movie. And the second season, bam, another movie. Third season, I don't even know how many seasons there are. However, I am seeing these little, these little uh, recognizable giblets. And it reminds me that maybe perhaps it was a Saturday Night Live kind of show. I, you know, like, I think some of it was done during a live audience. That's something else I got to investigate because you can hear laughing. However, it could sound like a laugh track. However, also saying that, I know they blend uh, canned laughter with real laughter. I know that's something that happens. Uh, so having said that, there are, there are some of these scenes where it's just like the camera's just on it, like you're watching a play, like there are no cuts, no cuts in the camera. It's just right there, just right on it, and there it is, and you hear, you know, it, it sounds like there's, there's space in there, like there's, there's an audience that's, you know, sitting away from them. Uh, so yeah, I've been watching a lot of that. It's inspiring me, because man, these guys are wordsmiths. Watching, I would say, if, you, if you're a wordsmith and you love puns, you like play on words, you love it, love playing with the language, 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 mademoiselle, une language, language. If you love the language, I would say Monty Python. Uh, okay, if you like language, you like surreality unapologetic, just crazy imagination. Monty Python, Arrested Development. Arrested Development is so good with those puns. They're so good. Check those out. It's, uh, it makes a huge difference in your psychology. Huge difference. All the stuff that we're watching, all the stuff we're reading, all that stuff that we're putting into our brain... It's all reverberating through all of our cells. It's changing our DNA. It's doing all of these astounding things. And uh, not to mention, you know, make, making our connection between us and source energy greater or, or it's calcifying that. And, uh, uh, you know, the pineal gland, that's the antenna right there. So if that's calcified... It's just, it's like they say clogged arteries. It's hard for the blood to go through. So, boy, oh boy, so intriguing. You just, you just feed your brain with all this kind of quick, witty knowledge. Good God, you, you, your comfortability with just, just entertainment your comfortability will just strengthen. <laughs> just, oh, oh I, uh, I got a package here in the mail. Uh, I, let's see. I see my last name on here. However, the first name I don't see. There's a cat toy over here. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, that is not a tambourine. 
That's a cat toy with jingly jangly toys inside for the cats. In that case, I shall put it down for you. What do Gregorian chants, Indian, medieval, and 20th century minimalist music have in common? The drone, a part of musical history for thousands of years. It continues to entrance us today. Now, eight sound artists have transmuted their drones into an immersive cinematic experience. Join us for the Drone Cinema Film Festival on Saturday, January 19th at the Highways Performance Space in Santa Monica. A mesmerizing evening with cinematic tapestries woven from the drones of light and sound. For more, visit highwaysperformance.org. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Make Thanks. it happen, brother. Thank you. If there's a problem or whatever, maybe bring us some to All right, so here, um, I'm following David Bowie up a secret. But this is a, a winding staircase. What's interesting about this is that my Uncle Arnie used to have, wow, monkey pass pipes going up to the roof here. <laughs> yeah, this is incredible. Dude, this is incredible. How else would anyone get up here except through that that little winding staircase? Dude, this is crazy. If you look at the photographs that are down on the wall down there, you'll see that most of the pictures are taken this direction, and you can see this exact same logo wow, design with man. all the flowers So they stuff. kept it all those years, huh? And there's pe there were people up on this balcony, and there's like a million people all over the place while the horses are being paraded through the center ring. Oh, my ring. God. That's what this whole thing is. Wow, man. Pretty neat, huh? Wow, man. Oh, and is that the bar you're referring to over there? Yeah, that's where everybody's heading straight to the bar. The beach house. Very nice. This place is... Wow. Actually, this is legendary. Wow, man. I was here for Kaboo. I think it was in this around this area where I saw Jane's Addiction. It actually was playing. Ooh, look at that. They got a green screen over there, dude. We got to get ourselves over there because who knows what that could possibly turn into. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> 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 Those are great. Dave Bowie took a series of, of uh, action photos of me walking through the door. That's great. That's great. That's what is my favorite. That's, that's right. Oh, dude, that's great. Oh my God, I love it. Oh, that is good. Oh, that is a winner. Oh, that is good. Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, I will. Cr that's a, that is a good crop. Get that trash can out of there. <laughs> That's good. Oh my gosh, we got so much of a light show tonight. This is so cool. What do you think is going to be back on these back monitors? Do you think it's going to be us up there, or do you think it's going to be like beach beach uh, scenery? Or what are your thoughts? I'm not really sure. I sure would love it if we could uh, if they would be superimposing us up on the back monitor so we could watch ourselves playing. <laughs> <laughs> so you watch ourselves play. It'd be a first. I'm waiting for us to one day get the big screen behind us where we just got the the oceanic waves oh, and everything yeah. going and that's got to happen at some point and that would be so nice but you know I, I think that the the aura of that location being on the runway yeah with that sorry with that you know that pass through is is just so historic yeah it's great man it's incredible. It'd be hilarious if we took that giant freaking parachute banner that we have oh, and just yeah. drop it oh, down right in the middle oh, of the show. Oh, boy. 
Do we have our banner with us? I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Oh my god. Wow, man. This is incredible, folks. It's so funny because um, there have been a lot of references to my Uncle Arnie. I've been thinking about Uncle Arnie, and then uh, Pauly Shores said something about having a friend named Arnie growing up, and then Arnie was the name of the uh, CEO of CIG, which was the company that hired us for that uh, for that vineyard, Cordeval, and. center it says nationwide oh yeah i think that i don't think that's actually on i think it's actually burnt in (coughs) burnt into the screen like it's just always there perpetually just there all the time well like no i'm sure it lights up and goes brighter but like the leds are burnt out or something maybe or just fried from the sun or whatever crazy there are palm trees all around palm trees dotting the landscape one would say i would say there's even one of those cool, uh, what are those called, Dave? The wind, the, the, it tells you where the wind's coming from and whatnot, right? Like they have on the farmer, on the farmhouses and stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. Wind, uh, wind, uh. Wind direction marker? Wind direction marker. Something to that effect. There's a wind direction marker up there. Oh, they just brought the food in, by the way. Let's go. Food time, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna record us walking down the stairwell too, because it's it's equally as exciting. Yeah, that's interesting. We walk when we go past this little spot here with the pipes hanging out. I mean, this is probably made for the jockeys to come up here, those little tiny guys. Yeah. Stand up here and party. What do you think? What countries do you think most jockeys come from? Italy? Is there a special spot? Maybe Italy. Huh. That's a good. That's a good question. That's a good theorem. <coughs> bless you, bless you. So this food is ready for consumption. Oh, yeah. oh. that guys. The intriguing uh, music you hear behind me is by Daphne Oram. D-A-P-H-N-E-O-R-A-M. She's like the godmother of electronic music. And uh, I just came across this woman. So I'm going to read, uh, read this passage from Infinite Tuesday by Michael, Mike, Michael Nesmith from The Monkees. This is a very magical story uh, that uh, he... He relates to uh, concerning Johnny Cash. I was up on the roof of my garage with Johnny Cash, looking out over the city of L.A. The house was the one I had built high in the hills near Mulholland during the days of the monkeys. I had made the flat roof of the garage into a kind of deck, and even though I seldom used it this particular evening, I took John up there to show him the view. From there, no one could see down the coast... From there, one could see down the coast of Southern California, almost into Long Beach on a clear day. 
Just before that was Santa Monica, and just at the foot of the hills the house stood on, Beverly Hills spread out. This was in late 1969 or early 1970. John had come for a gathering that was sort of my return hospitality for his gracious hosting of me and Davy and Mickey at a breakfast at his lake house in Tennessee. When the three of us went to Nashville to perform on his TV show after the monkeys was off the air. I made something of a friend of John then, and we had some nice moments together. If I was in Nashville, I might call him, and I heard from him sometimes when he came to L.A. For the most part, we touched each other's lives lightly and infrequently, but when we did, it was usually marked by a memorable occurrence. There was a connection between us that was atypical for me, and he said the same thing for him. Odd twists happened when we were together and persisted when we were apart, shared events that were unexpected for both of us. These events were few and slight, but they made for good dinnertime stories. For instance, a year or so after this garage top summit, I was working at my office in L.A. and had gone out on some business errands with my assistant, Esther. As we were coming back to the office, I told her I wanted to stop and grab a bite of, bite of lunch. I was used to eating at a few regular places around, but we weren't any near any of those. I spotted a small Italian restaurant not too far from the office and said, let's just, let's just hop in there. I'd never been there before, nor had Esther. Esther and I went in, ordered, and were going over a few things when the maitre d' came over with a portable phone. He said, Johnny Cash is on the phone for you. I looked quizzically at Esther, who shrugged as I took the phone. Hello, I said. It was Cash, all right, and I was flummoxed. How had he known where I was? I hadn't called the office, and neither had Esther, as far as I knew. I was in a restaurant I had never been in before, chosen at random, as we drove along. How could he possibly have known where I was? Before I could ask the question, John said something like, he said something like, Mike, I need to get your okay. I'm writing a book and just turned it into my publisher. You're in it, and I want to make sure that what I said was okay with you. I wrote about the conversation we had on the roof of your garage, and I want to read it to you. I need to do it now because they're waiting for me to get the approval right away. Can I read it to you? Have you got a minute? Things were spinning, but I said, okay, sure, happy to. John read the few sentences that recounted the conversation we'd had on the roof overlooking Beverly Hills. It was, in a sense, correct. And I said that was pretty much how I remembered it. He asked if it was okay for him to put it in the book, and I agreed. He said he wanted to talk more, but the publisher was waiting for his answer with my answer, so he ran off. I was dumbfounded. I looked at Esther, who seemed as puzzled as I was, and wondered aloud how he had gotten the number, or even known where I was. And what, what about the way the waiter said, Johnny Cash is on the phone, phone for you, as if the waiter was in the habit of taking my calls. It was the weirdest announcement of a phone call I'd ever had at a restaurant. I couldn't figure it out. When Esther and I got back to the office, I checked around, and Cash had not called there, and no one seemed to know how his call had found its way to me. I never figured it out. I'm not a supernatural interventionist of any type, and I assume there was and is some plausible answer to the little mystery, but I have never known what it was. 
The paragraph in John's book worked its way around the publishing and press world and into several different accounts of the same conversation. Our short talk seems to have been something of a turning point for John, but the story has mutated a little as it's been reiterated. In one instance, it happened at his lake house instead of on top of my garage. It doesn't surprise me that it has found its way into his legacy, though. It was a moment between us that was genuine on all fronts. Two guys facing the Hollywood mind from the top of my garage, staring straight on at Beverly Hills. How interesting, right? When you think about that, you think about these, these uh, moments in time where these magical things happen... How did Johnny? How did Jonathan Cash? Jo Hi, I'm Jonathan Cashola. I'm a Johnny Cash impersonator. My name is Jonathan Cashola. I do all the hits, and uh, sometimes the B-sides, and in most cases, the Japanese imports. Jonathan Cash, I at your service. How could Jonathan Cashola have, have found, found out about uh, Michael Nesmith? How, how, how is that? It's just a wonderful account of just the cosmos. This is, this is very much, this very much reminds me of my buddy Eric Kleinberg. We always like to play with the idea that his name, K-L-E-I-N-B-E-R-G, he's got in in his last name, just like I have Clendenin in my last name. And so it made sense that we were so in, we were so we dove so deep in to the mysteries of the cosmos, the coincidences, the deja vu, the synchronicities, the serendipities, all of those exciting things that I just revel in. So many times in these episodes. And it's through those conversations, it's through those appreciations that he and I had that hatched the the you know hatched the beginning stages of usu of ubiquitous serendipity serendipitous ubiquity in the past i've talked about the boomerang it's also a number of other things too it's the magnet it's the tuning fork it's a cup it's the u it's the u the u the U, the boomerang, the shoe horse, the lucky, the lucky uh, talisman. An umbrella. Its arms outstretched. It's a goal post. It's a goal. It's a slingshot. Tuning right through there. So when you turn it into a boomerang. That's you. That's your intention. That's you going out, out there. Now, if you use it like a magnet, you turn it the other way and you pull you, more of you to you. That's the way you use it as a magnet. Imagine you and the S. The S, S represents the, well, ubiquitous serendipity, serendipitous ubiquity. You look into the mirror Ubiquitous serendipity, serendipitous ubiquity. Yusu. 
It's magnetizing more of what you want into your life. The goal post. So the U, S, the us, the use, Y-O-U. You pluralize you, you got use. Say that phonetically, U and an S. That's us, use, that's us. So a bunch of you is us. Power comes in finding the commonalities. Seeing the signs, looking, looking for that boop, 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 reflection. Boop, 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 boop. Watching it as it floats its way back to you. With much gusto. Much more... See the... the uh, Alright! That excitement is the... Is the power of its of its of movement knocks the pins down. A lazy bowl is a lazy pin drop. <laughs> you know? Roll it slow. Do you even knock the pins down? Sometimes you do. Wow. Wowzers. I definitely check out check out this book, Infinite Tuesday, Michael Nesmith, an autobiographical riff. If you like the monkeys, you're gonna dig this. Oh, by the way, so there's a video. If you want to learn more about Usu, about ubiquitous serendipity, serendipitous ubiquity, you can. Uh, I was interviewed about it. Look up, uh, look up, uh, let's see, look up serendipity, let's see, damn, where is it, where is it, it's up there. Trust me, trust me, it's up there, okay? Trust me, trust me. It's up there, it's up there. Don't feed the animals. That was probably the, uh, don't feed the animals. Let's see, don't feed the animals. And if that doesn't work, we can look up Alec Smart. feed the animals. Alex Smart. How about this? Alec Smart. Alec Smart. Huh. Well, it's up there. Trust me. It's up there. It's up there. Trust me. It's up there. It's up there. We'll talk to you more later. Thanks for listening.
I just ran over here to my idea book to test a theory. I just opened it up to a random page just to see if there was something that would correlate to the uh, last passage that I read uh, about uh, the cosmicality with Mike Nesmith and uh, Johnny Cash. And right here on the page, there's U equals energy slash info. U equals energy info. Energy and information. That's U, 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 U. Eight. Eight is the, uh, eight figures greatly into this, uh, which I'll get to deeply. I'll do a whole Usu podcast. Eight, uh, uh, this is a piece of it. Eight equals what we would do with it in our ecosystem and how it recycles. Eight is the, uh, infinity symbol. It's the recycling symbol. It's the Mobius strip hourglass, you are what you eat type of thing. That's sort of the, if there is a confine, if there is a playing ground, it's the infinity. It's infinity. That's the playing ground that you takes place in, that Usu takes place in. It takes place within the infinity. And then when you spell infinity like this, infinite, I, I I-N-F-I-N, so it's I-N-F-I-N-I-T-E-Y-E, infiniti, infiniti. Infiniti. I. Infiniti. Lowercase g looks like an infinity symbol, doesn't it? Eight. Genius. E is energy. N is an upside down U. N. Enter. I. I is I. It's your third eye. Right in the middle of infinity right there. G-E-N-I-U. That's you. Then us. That's us. That's you. The genie is us. That's you looking at yourself in the mirror and you're going, what do you want? You shake your head yes. It goes, yep. (laughs) That's it. You agree. It agrees with you. There it is. It agrees with you. Our reflection, our reflective holographic uh, karaoke universe, (laughs) kaleidoscopic universe, just continually reflects um, what we believe already. How interesting is that? Hi, this is Jay Ossing from Twin Peaks The Return. You're listening to Inspirado Projecto. The date is now the 4th. And And tonight, Yachtly Crew is playing at the Viper Room. Sunset Strip, 10 p.m. If you happen to be a Californian and you like soft rock classics, you like love songs, you want to meet new people, you want to dance, you want to dress up like a pirate, dress up like like you just stepped off a yacht, Then, uh, this is a perfect place for you. You might meet, uh, your future boyfriend or girlfriend. You might meet your future, uh, collaborator, collaborator. 
possibilities are endless, really. At every single one of our shows, there's always been just a really good vibe. Really good vibe. So, yeah, come on out. Meet some good people.